Pennsylvania taxpayers continue to migrate south. This was the title of a report that was released by the Independent Fiscal Office earlier this month. The nonpartisan Independent Fiscal Office found that five of the top six states for the net outflows from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania were Southern states. The number one state that Pennsylvanians are flocking to is Florida, followed by North Carolina. This is really an alarming trend, and it's not just anecdotal. It's happening all across the state, even in York County. I had a constituent who left Pennsylvania and moved to one of those states because his business, which operates through the Mid-Atlantic region, could complete a building project from start to finish in a variety of other states before he could even get a permit approved here in Pennsylvania. So jobs and opportunity, they are leaving the state because of the bureaucracy. The good news is that the Senate took a significant step this week to fix the problem and reverse the trend. This is Kristen Phillips Hill welcoming you to another episode of Kristen's Corner, a podcast by your state senator. And today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Luke Bernstein, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. Luke, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Senator Phillips Hill. And it's great to be on Kristen's Corner. And it's great to be on Kristen's Corner because Kristen has been in the corner of her constituents of Pennsylvania's, especially when it comes to that critical matter that you're talking about, permitting reform. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm so excited. I think, you know, we're on the precipice of finally getting this done. So for our listeners, Luke, can you share with us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I currently am the president and CEO of the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. The Pennsylvania Chamber is an organization that advocates for policies that helps businesses. So we have approximately 10,000 members from across the state of Pennsylvania. And we represent all types of different businesses from every industry and every sector of every size and every corner of the Commonwealth. So for us, our goal is to make Pennsylvania the best place in the nation to live, work, and do business. It is really important here that we have a climate that's conducive to growing business because you started the podcast talking about how one of your constituents went south. And we saw Florida gain 20,000 of our residents. And a lot of a lot to do with this is because of the economic climate. And we have a great opportunity to turn that climate around here. And so at the Pennsylvania Chamber, that's what we're focused on doing. And we're focused on making Pennsylvania more competitive so that we can not only compete, but we can thrive and succeed right here in the Commonwealth. I completely agree. And I tell people it's not just the weather that's making people leave Pennsylvania to go to places like Florida and North Carolina. But I'm going to borrow your tagline and say to you, as the voice for business in our state, how big of an issue is our state's permitting process and the continual delays that your members experience? It is huge. Permitting is a huge barrier. It's a huge obstacle for growth and positive economic outcomes here in Pennsylvania for a multitude of reasons. I'll give you a great example. Just recently, there's a company in Pittsburgh, Astrobotic, and Astrobotic is going to take, they are building a lunar lander. It is going to be the first lunar lander that hits the moon's surface, anything of a, a lander hitting the moon's surface since the Apollo. 
it's going to be right here in Pennsylvania. And I've said now it's being built right in Pittsburgh near neighboring Moon Township. It is easier to get a permit to go to the moon than it is to build a new construction project in Moon Township just next door. And what do I mean by that? But Brascom, for example, is a place in, in Philadelphia where they were looking to build a plant of a thousand jobs, $675 million investment, went to Texas, cited permit reform. U.S. Steel, just you know, a few years ago, the governor of Arkansas, when they recruited U.S. Steel, stood with U.S. Steel, which is a Pennsylvania company, and said that they would build the plant and move in in Arkansas before the permit would have even been approved in Pennsylvania. So why is this a problem here? It's a problem because permitting, when one permit languishes, projects get held up. And people just think, oh, well, that could be for this business or not. It impacts the entire industry. It impacts the entire economy because things can't get moving. It gets smeared down. And every single day, I just talked to someone yesterday from an engineering firm, and they said they've waited four years for a permit on something that has already been up and operational. You think of projects that just can't move because they're stuck and they're not moving forward because a permit's not there. So it impacts our entire economy here in Pennsylvania. If you're a local business and you have someone, a, a plant that's going to move across the street and you can't move forward, what are you going to do? You, you're sitting there, maybe you're a deli. Your deli would be far more successful if that new business moved in. If you are someone who works in the trades, getting that shovel in the ground faster is putting more Pennsylvanians to work. And when you have uncertainty, that's one thing businesses like more than anything. They like certainty. They want to know if I have a timeline for the permit, I can depend on the timeline. I can plan around. I can do my project. Right now in our state, we don't have that certainty. So it's a major, major problem, and it impacts just more than the actual applying business. It impacts the entire local economy and community. Well, often when I'm talking about permitting reform, the folks who are listening are like, oh my gosh, that just sounds so wonky and so very bureaucratic, and it's not a glitzy and a glamorous issue. There are a lot of issues that really capture the headlines, and they're great clickbait. Talking about permitting reform, doesn't ever reach that level. And then I hear people who will say to me, well, you know, that applies to businesses. It doesn't really affect me. Um, but you think about this, how many people work in that facility that's going to create the opportunity for the United States to land again on the moon? How many people would have worked for that steel facility? And I, I will often say to people, well, do you need a certificate or a license to be able to work in the state? Are you a teacher, a nurse, a realtor, a doctor, a barber, an engineer? You name it. Um, you or maybe someone you know and love has to probably get a license or a certificate from the state to be able to work in their chosen profession. Your anecdotes really captured the challenges that we face with our permitting problems here in the Commonwealth. And, and I'm a Republican, and this has been viewed as a partisan issue in the past. But really, to his credit, Governor Shapiro has also said that it's a problem. So can you talk to us a little bit about the governor's executive order and, in fact, how you, as the head of the State Chamber of Business Industry, joined Governor Shapiro 
and labor groups when he signed his executive order? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think there, uh, to your example, as you're hearing people say, well, this really only impacts business. Look at that U.S. Steel example. That would have been a $3 billion investment. So not just the business, but think of all the construction jobs. Think of all the different uh, jobs of the downstream impact. So right at that plant alone, there would have been a thousand jobs that had an average salary of over a hundred thousand dollars. So those are people using the local dry cleaner. Those are people going to invest in the local community, people really increasing the tax base, helping the local schools. You go right down the line of all those different impacts every single day, people eating in restaurants, helping that local economy. And because of permanent reform, that's why we're, we weren't going to have that golden opportunity to welcome an, an expanding business here that was going to do a great job in that part in the in the part of the state that could use uh, any any part of the state could use that type of business. So with that, I think previously this may have been viewed as a partisan issue. I think you're right now as we look at this. It is a bipartisan issue. It does not get the headlines, but it's so important. So I think the governor recognized that. And when he came out, he asked me and um, to stand with him at his executive order. He said, you know, a couple things. Number one, in terms of permitting, if you apply for a permit and you don't hear within a certain time frame, which they're coming back with here this month, that you would get your money back. And I think he would say that's very catchy because people, if you don't hear anything, would say, all right, we want our money back. I think the reality is, and he knows this, people don't really want the money back. They want to get the permit. They want to get the process moving. But it was a really great first step because I think it raised awareness from a bipartisan manner. So we have you as a Republican leading this effort in the Senate, the governor, a Democrat leading this in the administration. So it is bipartisan. bipartisan. And there's an acknowledgement that we need to do better as a state to be more competitive. I look at Pennsylvania. There's three things where we really need to be competitive. Our corporate tax structure, so from, from a tax reform standpoint, our workforce development, and permitting reform. Those are the three things that really could make us more effective. And so with the governor's executive order, it was a great first step on, on the permitting side. His other executive order, as you mentioned, mentioned these licenses. So I, you know, I look at permitting and I look at licensing Every one of your constituents that drives will go once a year and they will go to a local auto body, a mechanic, and they will get from the state a sticker that is their state. They will get their car inspected and they will say, yep, this auto body was licensed by the Department of Transportation. Transportation. They'll get a Department of Transportation, a state sticker to go right on their window. Why can't, like in, in your bill, 350, we have these third-party reviews that are allowed and empowered by DEP to go out and do these third-party reviews for permits? These organizations, civil engineers, are bonded. They have insurance. They don't want to risk their business, so they would ec- we would be able to expedite the product through those reviews. We do it with cars every single day in Pennsylvania. So that's just another example. We can do this and we can be more effective. Another piece is the transparency. All of the, you know, we hear these stories about having nursing shortages. And in your district, WellSpan is hiring significantly and trying to make more inroads in providing rural health. 
to rural health care and, and accessible, affordable, quality rural health care throughout much of your district. And they are looking for nurses. They're hiring every day. In Pennsylvania, you go through the state nursing, uh, get your get your license to the state nursing board, and it could take a while. We need those nurses working now. So in order to expedite use technology of saying we don't have to skirt any requirements, but we can be more effective and more efficient utilizing technology and transparency to go through the process, getting permits faster, getting licenses faster, and getting people really working and doing what they want to do so they can make a difference in their lives and our communities. I, I couldn't agree more. And of course, thank you for the shout out for some of our local employers. York County is a wonderful place to live, raise a family and work. So um, if anyone's listening and needs a job, come to York County. Um, but I, I also think that the good news is that Republicans are talking about this. Democrats are talking about this. Business and labor leaders are all saying that it's a problem. And this week, as you alluded to, the Senate approved my legislation, Senate Bill 350, that I sponsored with my friend and colleague, Senator Greg Rothman from Cumberland County, to essentially codify what the governor did in his executive order that you were there for when he signed. So the chamber issued a memo with 67 associations and, and local chambers encouraging support for the legislation. And there was one line in that memo, it really jumped out at me. And it said, we have a generational opportunity to meaningfully change the economic trajectory of our state and communities. And I think that one of the challenges with Harrisburg or really at government at any level is the inability to see the bigger picture. And I've said this before, when elected officials, they all come with expiration dates, whether it's by law, by the voters, or, or by their own personal choice. We're not in our elected positions forever. Doing something like this, where we put into state law a process that is predictable and transparent, that's going to have a lasting impact. Or as, as the memo reads, a generational opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's right. I, I think the reason we put that in there is because we and all those other groups and organizations agree. And it's not just local chambers. They're, they're different business associations, different non-business associations, because this is an opportunity for us to say we can control our state. We do not have to sacrifice any environmental gains or regulations. We do not have to sacrifice any other businesses moving to Texas, moving to Florida, that is just not acceptable. So for us as a generation, we need to say that stops now because I have a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. I don't want them moving to Florida. Florida and North Carolina, you know, did not get more sunshine in the last five years. So what is drawing our people to go down there? They didn't get more sunshine over the last year. It is our opportunity to keep and retain the talented people in Pennsylvania. Our greatest export in Pennsylvania for far too long has been our talented young people. And so permitting reform, while it is not the sexiest topic, while it does not grab all the headlines, it is something that is so important, but something we can work together in a bipartisan manner to actually get things done that puts Pennsylvania first. And when I say putting Pennsylvania first, it puts Pennsylvanians first. And so I cannot thank you enough. You have led this effort. You have not come to this 
alone. You had you've had our support, but for far too long, you've led this effort, and now we're seeing real traction on it, real movement. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. So, on behalf of the Pennsylvania Chamber and our members, I really want to thank you because without your leadership, it does not advance to this point. And we're excited to work with you. We're excited to work with the governor because Pennsylvania can really make significant economic gains, which would help all of our communities if we're able to get this done. And so the Senate taking this action through your leadership, through Senator Rothman's leadership, is a game changer for our state. And I, I really appreciate this. But you keyed into something earlier, and that was always being in your constituents' corner. Um, my foray into permitting reform really started with a constituent, a local business owner who had traveled to another state and said, listen to this, what they're doing out in Kansas. This just makes so much sense. And that's really where this whole journey for me began um, because a constituent and a local business. So the bill's really simple. A lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you're going to not allow things to, you know, follow the laws. That's absolutely not true. What the bill does, it would require state agencies just to create an accessible website system where a person who applies for that permit can actually check their application status. If you what, what a what a novel concept. Right? You exactly in the process. You order from Amazon, you can track your package from the moment it's ordered. Thank you. We have your order. Um, your your order has been filled. Your order's in the mail. Oh, your order is on your doorstep. So why, why can't we do this? I, if I order from Uber Eats or Grubhub, I can track where my food is. So in addition to that, all the permits issued must be publicly accessible. And if they're rejected, they have to stay the legal authority that the agency relies on to reject the permit application. So often people are like, I have no idea why my application was rejected. You can't fix what you don't know you did wrong. So the legislation would also require that a permit, a license, or certification is deemed approved by the state if the agency reviewing the application misses its statutory deadline. You said this earlier, giving your money back Okay, it is. It's kind of a catchy little statement. They don't want that $500 permit back. They want to be able to get to work. And the people who are in the industry that builds facilities, they want to be able to build. The people who run the business want to be able to run it. The people who work for that business, they want to be able to work. And I, and I can't tell you. And, and we talk about licensure, the number of teachers and nurses and doctors Barbers, they have grown so frustrated waiting for their certifications to be approved only to find themselves in this crazy waiting game. And then they get frustrated. They'll go and get a teaching license in Maryland in two weeks. They'll go down and work at a hospital in Baltimore. We're losing jobs. We're losing educators. We're losing nurses. We're losing other professions to all those other states. So in my mind, I wish that I could have gotten Senate Bill 350 done five years ago because it is long overdue. And what's that saying by uh, Justice Brandeis? States are, are the laboratories of democracy. So let's look at what's working in other states. Why are people moving to North Carolina and Florida? Again, 
It's not just the weather. I happen to like four seasons. So um, that's one of the things that I love about living in Pennsylvania. But they're not moving because they want sunshine and summer weather all year long. Uh, one thing, and, and going back to that independent fiscal office report that I referenced earlier as we began our conversation, and I think this is really important, is these are not just high earners that are going to these states. Every single wage earning group in our state has seen a net decrease, and they're moving to other states. The largest cohort of Pennsylvanians that left our state, it's not people earning more than $200,000. It's the people that are earning between fifty and seventy-five thousand, and then the people earning between a hundred and two hundred thousand, and those are people who are at the beginning of their careers or at the midpoint of their careers. They're leaving, and that's future opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and and it's an opportunity for us, I think, to keep and retain them. And if we, we can't pass things like permanent reform and show that we are going to move on our projects. It, it, it is just, it, it's an opportunity that we have that we should not squander. Watching other people move to Florida, it's it should be for all of us a personal challenge to have the right policies and advocate for the right policies in place to keep our best and brightest right here in Pennsylvania. You know, I look at the astrobotic example out there and I ask the CEO, why Pittsburgh? I'm so glad you're here. And when the lunar lander lands on the moon in July and they don't say, Houston, we have a problem or Houston, we land on the moon. They're going to say, Pittsburgh, we landed on the moon. And that's going to be amazing. And he really said, because I'm stubborn, Carnegie Mellon was here and I didn't want to give up and I wanted to be here. And people said to me, Pennsylvania was not, not the best place to do business. Pennsylvania with its NOLs and corporate tax form and permitting, all these other things. We have an opportunity to change that. We have an opportunity to go to other places. We just landed on the moon. And by the way, we can have a whole ecosystem of aerospace design and innovation right here in Pittsburgh, right here in York County. Look at the, the development. Look at the proximity. Look at the companies, large to small, all throughout York County and the opportunity for us to build such a strong economy. It is such a great place to live. The flip side, I will tell you, of that IFO report is people that are moving to Pennsylvania from New York, people that are moving here from New Jersey, people that are moving here, about 3,500 of them, moving from Maryland up into Pennsylvania because we do have great offerings. So if we can get our policies right, our, our quality of life here is really second to none. So if we can get our policies right, get things moving, make the right change, we really stand to compete with other states and be a leader and compete with other nations economically. I couldn't agree more. And I'm proud to represent those people who move from Maryland to Pennsylvania when they embrace um, what Pennsylvania is about and the opportunity that we have to, to offer. I think one of the things that's so ironic is that in York County, we actually used to make the red tape that bound those copious federal regulation documents. And that's where that term government red tape came from, because they would literally bind the regulations in red tape that was manufactured at the York Narrow Fabrics facility in my district. How ironic. Um, so today, as a York County legislator and, and in conjunction and collaboration with all of my York County legislative colleagues, we get to say enough 
is enough with the regulations and permits. And we also see businesses saying enough is enough and labor groups saying enough is enough. And my constituents have been saying enough is enough. And some, like I mentioned before, have had it with Pennsylvania talking about the taxes, talking about the permitting, um, and talking about all of those challenges we discussed. And they've moved to Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania to North Carolina, to Florida. And because we've seen too many individuals and businesses saying enough is enough and leave our state, um, we need to right this ship before we lose any more jobs and too many more people to other states. You are so right. And I, looking at your county, you have some uh, very large construction and building contractors right in your county. You have some from very large ones to very small ones, all facing that same challenge. And so when you look at all this federal money right now that was appropriated, Pennsylvania stands as significant competitive disadvantage because of our permitting system, because we won't be able to draw down those funds fast enough in comparison with our other states, with other states. So for us, when this is this is a bill that is happening at the exact right time, because we need to get projects moving faster. And if this federal money is going to be a reward awarded and we have an opportunity to get it in Pennsylvania to to spend it here as opposed to other states, we won't be able to spend it fast enough. And so this gives Pennsylvania a competitive opportunity, not only within the, within the state, but as we compete with those other states, we compete to get more population growth in Pennsylvania. So that's why I think the timing of this is really important. We're still in the game here, Senator. I know it's late in the game, but we're going to be able to get this done because of your leadership with the Senate passing it. It's a huge development, huge step in the right direction. And that does not happen without you and Senator Rothman pushing this boulder up the hill. But once we get there, it's going to be significant for all of your constituents and the rest of the Commonwealth. Well, thank you, Luke. I think we do have a real opportunity, or as I believe you said, a generational opportunity to get it done and get it done right. And for your children, for my children, and for all of my constituents and every Pennsylvanian's children, there are so many people who are counting on us to make Pennsylvania live up to its nickname, the Keystone State. So that's what we are working hard to get done. Luke, do you have any parting words for our listeners? I just think, you know, people, you started this discussion in talking about how people really don't think about the permitting aspects. I really hope through this podcast and other efforts, people understand how important that is. And they realize the work that you and many others have done on this that are really going to set Pennsylvania up for the future. And I am really optimistic about our future. If we can get things like tax reform, work on our workforce development and permanent reform to make Pennsylvania more competitive, there's no doubt in my mind that we can lead the nation on many fronts. We need policies like this to be enacted. And we're on the precipice of doing that because of your work. So I want to thank you. And uh, it's a very important effort that you've undertaken. And I'm really excited to see the progress and the work to get something done here in a bipartisan manner under your leadership, under leadership of the governor, and make Pennsylvania a better place to live, raise a family, and now work much faster because of the permanent reform bill that you've put forward. 
perfect. Well, thank you so much, Luke. Where can folks find out more about the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry? PAChamber.org. We have a website all, all detailing our members and what we do, who we are. But for us, uh, we're in the business of helping businesses, which is which our, our businesses are in the business of helping our community. So really trying to make Pennsylvania a better place, strengthen our state economy. Well, thank you again. Today's guest was Luke Bernstein, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry. I'm Kristen Phillips-Hill, and I really appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Kristen's Corner, a podcast by your state senator. If you have any questions about this program or you want to check out other episodes, please visit my website at senatorkristen.com. And thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.